Yes, sir. This is True News 365. I want to do a little talk on on hell. Uh, nothing too uh, deep, but just a overall conversation. Um, just to uh, uh, visit the topic and then later on perhaps come back with uh, some scripture so we can look and start chewing on some serious um, uh, uh, scriptural truth and try to put our heads together concerning these things. Now, the, the, the doctrine of hell, I don't, I don't take the doctrine of hell as a salvific doctrine being part of the essentials for salvation. I wouldn't say that it's a, an essential for salvation, whether you believe in hell or not. But I do believe that a person who does not believe in a true hell is almost as a person who has some kind of cripple, uh, some kind of dis disability, even a blindness. Uh, the necessity uh, for, for believers to, for the world, for everyone to know and recognize that there will be eternal punishment is as necessary uh, for truth as someone who comes to the earth and is blinded uh, from childbirth. There's certain things that you need in life to be able to uh, see the world around you, the physicality of things that you now cannot see because of blindness. Now, mind you, I've never been blind. So this is just obviously a reach to try to explain uh, the depth of the importance of needing to believe in a literal hell. Um, many people have argued over the centuries as to whether it's uh, hell is on earth or hell is a feeling, a state of mind, hell is a real place, whatever the Bible alludes to uh, Sheol, um, hell as uh, a place and the word Gehenna uh, symbolizes a uh, actual place of a dump in 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 uh, Hebrew times, where things would be tossed and burned um, continuously, uh, the trash heap of the town, of the city. So, because of all of these things, and this is a lot to chew on, um, that's why I want to keep this uh, pretty short. But I want to uh, talk about concepts that um, uh, oftentimes people do, you know, have not considered um, the whole. Uh, account uh, of the rich man and Lazarus. Many people have said that it is a parable. No, it's not a parable. I happen to think, I happen to believe that it, it's not a parable. I happen to believe that it's an actual account because I think the importance of the message of hell um, in this account goes along with the importance and the level of importance of places where the Lord talks about judgment in the rest of the Gospels. Okay? along with Paul in the epistles. And it resounds with the importance, um, oftentimes with parallels. Parallels, they say, are not, uh, true names are not mentioned. So if, if hell is a, hell is a, well, he spoke about hell, the rich uh, man and Lazarus as being a parable, then the necessity for the actual name would not have been needed, right? So it, it, it doesn't make sense to actual give an actual identity to someone when you're just talking about a parable, an example for the sake of teaching, right? So the concept of teaching, the, the, the enormity and the enormous weight of the consequences of evil um, with regard to hell uh, takes away 
it's it's taken away when you say that it's a parable as opposed to recognizing uh, him mentioning a true account. We understand that the Lord on a number of occasions did speak about his eternality when he spoke about uh, Abraham saw my day and was happy, right? Um, <clears throat> okay, so um, we recognize that the Lord himself in the second, per second person of the Trinity had been alive way before he um, became the man born of a virgin, right? So we understand the eternality of these things. So a bigger view of scripture is needed in order to understand hell. Plus, even within the thought of hell being a concept, it still uh, it takes a lot more to decipher and to learn and to rec and to try to understand if hell is just a concept. If hell is just a concept, then there's a lot more explaining to do concerning um, uh, um, the consequences of sin. And I believe when the Lord says, um, uh, when He says that, uh, um, that when He says that that um, it's a scary thing to fall into the hands of a living God, right? That has to mean something. And it has to mean more than what we can muster in our persecutions, in our punishments here on earth. When he says and he makes the distinction that men could destroy the body, but fear the one that can destroy the body and the soul in, right? Hell, right? So, and then it says that even hell, being a place of physicality somewhere, it's a zone, it's... <laughs> It's something. It's maybe not on, on our GPS, but it's something. That it's something itself will be thrown into um, the lake of fire, right? So um, it's an enormous thing. And I don't think that uh, he's going to minimize it by reducing it to a parable. Okay, usually the parables are meant for teaching. Okay, um... So this is what I this is why I believe that there's more to hell than just thinking that you're just going to be obliterated or annihil annihil you know annihilated whatever and that's it. I happen to think that because once you enter the realm of the not carnal realm, once you die, <clears throat> you're no longer bound by time. Now you're in the eternal realm. Your body dies from this situation. And so that's why when it says that you will be this or that for eternity, it's talking about you're no longer going to be bound by time. And therefore, that's why it lasts forever. So that's the, the worst part of it all. So let's say, for instance, you're in jail and all you have is a small uh, t uh, 12 by 10 cell. And they say, OK, you are you have to be here for a month. Somebody, someone might think that that's absolutely terrible, but someone else might say, oh, that's nothing. I've done worse than that. But imagine if they told you now you will be in that same cell, boundless and boundless for time. Now you now the throw away the clock, throw away time. You're going to be there forever, okay? Even if they told you you're going to have to chew gum forever, anything that you would do outside of the bounds of time forever would end up being torture okay <clears throat> plus in that account of the rich man and Lazarus I don't think he was talking about Lazarus the one that he um, rose from the dead because Lazarus um, 
uh, it doesn't say anything about him being resurrected. Of course, that not being the importance of the conversation at the time and what he was talking about. But the necessity to understand the weight of what hell is, uh, I think exclusively we can get from the words of Christ himself if we truly um, stress the importance in listening to what he says and how he's saying it. He, he's not playing. He talks and he, he talks about hell in, in, and he says it, it, it has been said that he speaks more on hell than he does on heaven, right? Um, he says that uh, the wide road, more people go through the wide road than through the narrow road, which leads to heaven. Well, where does the wide road le lead to hell, right? So hell is not a desirable place. It doesn't matter whether you think there's little goblins there or you're listening to the, the reading the book, the Dante's Inferno, and you've got that image of hell. It, it doesn't matter. What matters is decipher the words of Christ. It's not a desirable place. And when he says, um, you know, that woe is the person who falls on the hands of the living God, I think that that means a lot more than what we can do to ourselves when man could just destroy the body but God can destroy the body and the soul that there has to be enough meaning of terror of terribleness on there whether or not we understand hell uh, to be a place or where it's a it's a you know <clears throat> I think there's more than enough there to believe that yeah we should fear hell and it goes inextricably right beside the concept of disobedience and not listening to the Lord. Let's consider these things. Until next time, God bless.